Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now that you've taken on that big job, you shouldn't have to settle for the big box. You've earned a trip to Northern Tool, and we're ready for the details. We know all about the little things that make the biggest difference. Maybe that's why they call us a problem solver's paradise. From pressure washers to power tools, pallet jacks to push carts, Northern Tool and Equipment carries the brands you depend on, like North Star, DeWalt, Milwaukee, and Strongway. We're made for this. Come see us in-store or shop online at northerntool.com. Hello, I'm your host Ben and welcome to another edition of the Foot Weekly Podcast. And it is my pleasure to bring you something particularly special, I think. It is an exclusive chat about the FIFA 21 capture event. It was a bit different this year with it being really the tail end of a beta which has been patched and so it's relatively up to date. We're certainly at that point where they need to get things locked in and we got a great opportunity to try plenty of the new mechanics and an extended period of hands-on time with FIFA 21 as well as the opportunity to talk about it on this week's Foot Weekly Pod. All thanks to the EA Game Changers Network and it's my pleasure to introduce our two guests this week. The first obviously very familiar with and a man who was once very familiar with capture events too but has maybe had a bit of a break more recently but japes welcome back yeah excited to have been able to uh get access to the beta and be included in the the capture event courtesy of the foot weekly pod i would say so really fortunate to have been able to record some gameplay and excited to get to i guess editing and releasing some content ben as you know editing is perhaps not my forte so (laughs) there will be content uh but it might take me a little longer to get going yeah well this will hopefully be out very soon after the embargo lifts on this stuff so hopefully you're all listening quite soon after that and uh, have plenty of japes videos to look forward to over the coming you know days and weeks and we also have an old timer of the uh, capture event and always uh, brings out some 
great content, which I'm sure many, many listeners will be watching uh, at the start of FIFA 21. And that is Kazooie. Welcome. Yes, thank you for having me on. Uh, once again, I'm very excited to uh, to be on a podcast as well and also uh, to bring out some videos again. Mm. Likewise with Japes, I've also been not the most active for the last few years on the YouTube scene. But um, mm. yeah, hopefully, hopefully that, that is this year different. That's my uh, kind of aim. Yeah, and that's actually something we can talk about because... Well, we'll get into it. Maybe it won't be something we'll discuss right now, but I, I do think that for you, this might be a game that has a bit more longevity, having played the beta and you know what it's like. It, it definitely suits your style, which for those who don't know, Kazooie makes skill tutorials. Uh, a lot of them revolve around obviously you know learning the skill moves, but you also do or have done in the past, like longer content yep. that sort of road to glory is based around skill moves. Yep. Uh, in fact, many of your designs for your kind of interfaces, which you did, which, which are really incredible, people should go back and check those out, probably did influence the way the objective system works yeah, now, right? I think so too. <laughs> yeah, they look really similar. Let's get into it then. I wanted to start with foot because there's probably less to discuss here because when you play foot in the beta and obviously at the capture event as well, it's not really the same because you don't have the content that you see in the game itself. One thing that I wanted to start with, which something that I'm interested to know what your thoughts are, it's something that we've definitely had various discussions on over the last couple of weeks about whether we're going to find it that engaging. And that is the stadiums, because that's one of their big things this year, replacing loads of useless consumables with vanity items, customization for your stadiums. Because you're quite into your visuals. Is this something that you're going to be engaged with and, and doing throughout the year, having seen what it looks like in the pizza? Yeah, I think so. The way you can like really stand out with your own stadium in terms of like things you can have on the sideline. Um, you can even change the patterns on the pitch itself, like the way the pitch looks. Goal net, you can have like different colors. I think it's really something that a lot of people will like, but I don't think it's going to be something that everyone is interested in because everyone is obviously just interested in playing the game rather than having mm. those little things which you can do on the side but um yeah i think it definitely gives fat a little bit more of a uniqueness i guess maybe yeah i guess more uniqueness yeah and japes uh, you're not someone who's super enthused about this but i guess you got to try out you know in full as part of this so uh, what were your thoughts i uh, look the the foot stadium is frankly, it's just freaking cool. Um, perhaps, yeah. perhaps it's me. I don't know, getting a little bit older, but like there is a ton of customization. There's not just, you know, your standard, you pop up a TIFO and boom, you have a custom stadium. Um, I mean, I think that's, it's clear from a lot of the videos that have been out and you'll be able to see very quickly that there is a ton of, customization available that makes the stadium really feel like unique and fun mm. and it gives you something to like constantly tinker with if you're not tinkering with your squad i really hope that there are cool for me one of the things that i'm hoping to see is there like seem to be some objective based trophies that you could display on the sideline and mm. i'm really hoping that there are some like perhaps tournaments added with unique tournament trophies that could be added to the sideline or something that gives you like a, you know, like you've grinded for that trophy and it's truly displayed uh, for all to see. So I, I will say beyond that, like they could add tons of customization and it might be a letdown in game, but like when you score a goal and like the pyrotechnics that you've 
decided to choose go off with your you know black on black netting or whatever like yeah it feels good <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think that was the thing for me i did suspect that if they did this properly i would get into it you know if they actually went for it and there was a lot of customization it felt genuinely like you could make a unique stadium and people would be like i like what he's done here this is this is interesting i would engage with it and i think just seeing some of the level of customization in there, I think that is true. I would say that they have gone to that extent. And also, I think what for me is really interesting is that a lot of these things, you know, unlike your TIFOs in previous years or year, they are tradable. So there'll be impacts, there'll be potentially some which are rare or really in demand. And that could create, you know, an interesting dynamic there around trading even or, you know, that kind of stuff. Cream so buff. I don't know. I, <laughs> cream puff's going to be uh, one of the, the second most expensive item on the market <laughs> yeah, that's, like that's right. 14 mil who, who needs a manchester city messy when you could have cream puff the cake <laughs> yeah, exactly um so let's finish up on stages i think people are doing videos on on this stuff so if people want to see it they can go do that the other thing i wanted to cover because a lot of people had asked about it i say asked about it i said to our listeners hypothetically if japes and i had the chance to play FIFA 21 early. What would you like to ask? So we weren't allowed to reveal that we were doing it, but I uh, gave a slight hint in that format. And so people ask questions about... You're a wild uh, man, Ben. Just risking it for the listeners, you know what I'm like? That's right, for the pod. (laughs) But something that a lot of people asked was about objectives, specifically, you know, milestones, things like that. They weren't things that were really added into this game that we played. And last year, they were very different anyway in the beta to what they were like in the actual game. So that's not a very easy thing to kind of compare but i don't know whether either of you had any thoughts on what we saw from an objective perspective japes i didn't really see much because of the way that it was but yeah i i'm i'm not going to take too much away from it nor do i want to like try to read into it too much just to formulate an opinion on what was like obviously an objective set just developed for such a short time frame that is not going to be indicative of the full release. So rather than, you know, trying to, you know, get your hopes up one way or another or hopes down or mislead you guys one way or another, I just don't think that it's super like there's just not a lot to read into from what we saw. Mm. Let's move on to Foot Champs question here from Dodgy Aussie, a new patron, by the way. So um, welcome, Dodgy Aussie. Potential changes to Weekend League for FIFA 21. If not, what changes would you like to see implemented? I'm just hopeful that 2022 will have a separate co-op Weekend League mode. I think we definitely won't see a co-op Weekend League mode this year, or maybe ever. Well, partly because of matchmaking. Yeah, Dodgy Aussie. And I mean this in the nicest way possible. We're going to drop like a little truth here. Weekend League is EA's competitive mode that is meant to drive qualification for their global series, which in its current state is a one versus one setup. If that were to ever change, then perhaps there might be something like that. But I would not get your hopes up at all. Biggest change for Weekend League, top 200. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Weekend League's really stayed the same obviously rivals has changed with the the 30 game cap but we kind of knew that already uh in terms of rivals is there anything else oh yeah actually i don't know whether you spotted this Kazoo, but there's now the skill rating of your opponent yep, comes did. up yep. after the game yep. which is quite good yep. so you can see you know how good that opponent was compared to your current rating that kind of thing obviously you also get that coin boost now for placing in a certain rivals division after your 
placement matches. Again, we don't really know what it's going to look like come release, so I don't want to dwell on it too much. One thing that we actually did get a decent impression of, I think, was the Foot Live Friendlies, which people have touted as a potential replacement or version of the Daily Knockout tournaments because of the format, although it isn't a tournament as such. But Kazui, what were your thoughts on what you saw in the beta? Um, like you said, there was like a limited mode where you could play with, or you were you, you had to play with a silver team. I was kind of hoping that there would be a silver kind of mode or tournament thing throughout the whole year, but I guess it's going to be limited. So that one will change, I think, each week or something or every two weeks. That is mm. definitely something I'll be looking into and uh, have some fun with, I think. Because like you said, back in the days of FIFA 12, 13... It was so much fun to use those silver players. And I think uh, this year we could maybe see some gems pop up again. It really depends, though, how popular mm. the mode is going to be. Because I remember as well, uh, back in those years, that whenever you were trying to find a match in a silver cup or even in the bronze cup, it would take quite a while. So I'm not quite sure how, how that's going to be for FIFA 21. I think it's yeah. cool that they've actually Look. finally added it in the, in the game. Yeah, it's a lot to do with rewards, isn't it, yeah. I guess? Because back then, you know, you, you didn't get very much for winning it, right? It was hardly yeah, worth exactly. entering. Yeah, they could easily um, like combine it with objectives yeah. and stuff. That would be uh, really cool. Exactly, yeah. And I imagine like if you could win a interesting silver player or something to use in future iterations. They obviously tried that random silver card, didn't they? The 74 rated SBC that they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In FIFA 20. Polio, I always think, I think towards the end of the cycle or in the last few months they often throw out things that are a bit unexpected and it's because they're preparing for something <laughs> the next year so that could have been an example it was just kind of random they just did one boosted silver player and that was it one of the things that i suppose maybe slightly concerns me about this fifa is the lack of any really significant overhaul to rivals and to foot champs the limit to rivals games could have a bigger impact than perhaps we expect and if we see better rewards in rivals it could actually rival uh, foot champs that is something that could change the dynamic this year a yeah. little bit but ben, i think i can't see much else i think that's a great point i think my comment and a concern that i have here is that if the rewards are improved for rivals and for weekend league that the gulf between like ultra hardcore players and perhaps like serious players that still like want to play often but don't have the time is going to be pretty drastic pretty quickly uh because if like mm. the weekend league rewards are great the rivals rewards are great but in order to get those great rewards you're playing was it 70 games of fifa a week just to make sure that you're staying in line with the power curve it's going to feel really really bad for anybody that's not doing that and so I'm really curious to see how, you know, how it plays out. Obviously, I could be wrong and there might be ways for some of your casual players to still by completing objectives, get access to still some top rated cards. But I'm, I'm really I'm a little bit concerned that if rivals rewards are bumped up by a huge amount and weekend league rewards, you know, still stay so strong that there's just going to become this ultra, ultra competitive mindset where you either are a hardcore player that plays 70 to 100 games a week or you're going to feel like your team can't keep up. It's interesting because I would disagree on that because the cap to rivals games should actually benefit those who are playing less over a week than 
the system we had last year because if you think about it last year you were able to increase your gain from rivals by just spamming games because there was an unlimited number of games through which you get points and you get them from weekend league whereas now actually your performance in the games is going to be more important and you can only play 30 so if you're someone who's playing i know it's still a lot of games 30 games in a week and you don't play weekend league it may actually work out that it's not worth playing weekend league if you're going to play 30 games and you're not going to be able to finish weekend league over a weekend you play rivals throughout the week you play your 30 games try and do as well as possible that is actually going to be a benefit for people who are playing less games compared to the system we had last year the one thing i would say though you know of course it depends how they balance the rivals rewards and i think that's the case with the whole of foot it's the big dilemma really for game developers working on fifa how do you balance those different modes but also balance the super committed player and rewarding them for being committed while not letting casuals feel left behind by not being able to keep up maybe with the power curve and then obviously you've got people spending fifa points to catch up and you've got trading as well so there are lots of factors to balance here but this change in essence i'm really pleased with the direction of it because i think weekend league isn't really a mode for everyone it's actually relatively exclusive it is awkward in terms of the amount you have to play over a weekend and if rivals can rival it then i think it's going to be a really good thing for the game and we can only see how that pans out across the year now another thing which is interesting in terms of how it pans out and it's definitely something people will want to take note of is there have been some changes to chemistry styles some nerfing but also some rebalancing and this is something that only came up part the way through the beta because a patch came which changed them but what they've done i'd say is nerfed all chemistry styles by about five to ten percent but then they've left basic as it was so that now gives a bigger boost than any of the other chemistry styles but obviously you know spread over more stats and they have in the more significant changes taken away the 15 acceleration boost from shadow and made it 10 which is pretty big when you consider how important acceleration is defensively i'd say but also how most centre-backs actually don't have the best acceleration. This basically means that no chemistry style boosts pace more than a 10. And we've also got the fact that Hunt has been slightly rebalanced, which has caused finishing to be increased by five on that card. So now has plus 10 finishing, which is fairly significant, actually. And a few other notable ones, finisher and sniper being swapped. So obviously, they've had a few changes, as many of the others have, but they have seemingly switched around with finisher now boosting finishing more than sniper and sniper actually boosting long shots, which obviously makes a lot of sense. And you wonder whether it was an accident in the first place. But overall, there are quite a few changes to get your head around. If, like myself, you see chemistry styles as extremely important, which of course they are, then you'll want to get familiar with this. And I'm going to look at a way of putting this out as a document, I guess, so that people can get more familiar with it. And I think, Japes, you were considering possibly a video on it. So we'll get 
an understanding of this in time. It would be a fairly boring podcast if we were to just read out the changes to the chemistry styles, but there's definitely plenty of notable changes in there. Japes, I know this is something we've discussed at length on the pod before. I remember Nep coming on and talking quite passionately about wanting to see them removed even. I guess you might say that this possibly doesn't go far enough, even if there are some interesting changes here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we discussed this at length in previous pods. I First, like, let's start with the good, right? Like, I applaud that chemistry is being looked at and there are changes that are being made. I feel like the changes were so insignificant that nothing is going to change. I, I think ultimately, like, I'm just sad because plus 15 boosts anywhere are wild man they're wild like just think about a striker that has base 81 finishing and when you give them a plus 15 boost right off the back to their basic goal card they have 96 finishing which is just like almost perfect finishing to begin with like i don't know i think maybe i'm like a old school i don't want to say kickoff purist that's not right but like i would like to see some level where chemistry styles don't make or break cards i don't know man i'm i'm just a little bit sad i was hoping that there would be more tweaks i would i was hoping that there would not be like the three chevrons there would only be two chevrons max like hunter would be two pace two shooting and then everything else would get the ones that were two would get tweaked to one and one with like more a little bit different i I don't know i i don't i don't have a good solution for this i'm happy that they're looking at it and making changes i'm sad that the changes aren't more extreme because you could always boost the chemistry styles up by more if you found out at the start of the game that people were not liking it or struggling but bringing them the other direction is impossible so i'll hope for 22 i don't know yeah well you're right it's not a huge nerf but i'm saying that over the years because they nerfed them two years ago they have done it again so in terms of the direction of travel it's right but as you say why not just go for it now do a serious nerf and then if you feel like actually as you say there's a, a negative impact of this then we would see it being bumped up a bit again and that seems kind of fine yeah for me and we've talked about it like more than a handful of times on the podcast, the power curve in Ultimate Team now is like pretty crazy. And there's like a significant power creep with special items and like all of these things that like the further the game goes on, obviously, in many ways, like the less important chemistry styles become. Mm. I also would argue that like half of these chemistry styles, you're never actually going to play against somebody using. Like you're, you're just never going to see them. And that also feels bad and it just is indicative of what stats are seemingly actually important in fifa and so i would have li- i would have liked to just see more rejiggering of this system but with the this to me it just like accelerates the power curve a crazy amount right off the bat when like i just don't think it needs to mm. be to be fair i just wish they would remove chemistry styles entirely from fifa because yes. like jape said We've gotten to the point now in Ultimate Team that chemistry styles actually don't matter too much because 
We have promos every single every single week. There are so many different versions of players. So if you really want to have like a boosted version of, let's say, Mbappe, then just wait until he gets like an inform or a team of the season or whatever card he potentially could get. You know, I think it's just better mm. to just stick with the regular face stats and the in-game stats of those specific players rather than that you have the option to give them boosts. This year, they removed those trading cards, right? Where you're able to apply a sprint boost specifically or like, like mm. a stat boost in all attributes. You know which uh, items I'm on, I'm on about? I just wish they would just remove it entirely, just like they did with fitness. Alex, you make a, an amazing point there. And I, I just want to echo it to your point of like, Chemistry styles largely make many of the informs that are performance-based informs that we see on a weekly basis practically useless. Imagine like the inform card boosting like a chemistry style might boost to some of those stats. Like that would feel way, way better than going up plus one across the board in stats and you're like, well, I've already got a gosh, what would be the new finisher chem style? So like, what's the difference between 99 and 97 finishing? Like, do I really need 99 finishing when I can have 97 finishing because of a chem style versus a, you know, if the boosts were changed for the informs, a player goes maybe from like a 85 based finishing to their inform having 90 finishing, like that's going to feel significant. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm not quite on the side of completely remove them. I like the fact that you can slightly boost certain players in certain areas, but I just think the boosts are too big. And, and one thing that I would add on this, I think that this year they have done something good, which people may not notice. No Chemstars boost composure now. And the other thing that they've done is they've reduced overall the amount of impact Chemstars have on positioning, which is I think particularly good because they've got this focus on positioning and player personality this year. So that will allow the top players who have good stats to hopefully stand out a bit more. But what they've also done is reduce the boosts more significantly on dribbling. So like agility, balance, reactions, ball control, dribbling, which should allow the players who have those higher stats with a key feature this year being agile dribbling that also I think is a is a wise move. So I can see the angle they've taken here and I can kind of appreciate what they've tried to do. I just would like them to go a bit further, I suppose. Yeah, I I look at the changes that they've made and like I also just like don't understand it. We'll take a look at Deadeye, right? You get 10 in positioning, 10 in finishing, 15 in shot power, five in long shots, and five in penalties. That is a huge boost across the board to all of your shooting. So what is that? 10, 20, 35, 40, 45 point improvement. When you look at that in terms of their total stats, like that's not insignificant. But in the same side, you know, it also gives a three Chevron boost to passing and you get 10 in vision, 15 in short pass, five in curve for 30. So like, I really hope that they do a gameplay style pitch notes around chemistry that explains their thought process, the tuning and what their hope and goals are here, because then we'll be able to look how the game plays over the course of the year and see if those goals have been reached or the KPIs that they've put in place have come true. And if not, then we can point back and say, we need to look at this again. Yeah, I agree. And actually, that's the first thing I asked when they released this saying 
these are the changes we're making to chem styles because it actually came in part the way through the beta these changes and you know i said what are your goals here it's not obvious from this what the direction is there are certain hints like i was saying about them nerfing specific areas but i do just feel like this is such an important part of the game and it would be great to hear some really clear vision on this i think it's important but before we get on to gameplay which is going to be good because we can get much more in-depth and detailed about it. Let's talk about something that sort of bridges the gap, I guess. That's co-op. Because I know you got to play quite a few games this way. That must have been difficult for you. But, uh, <laughs> how, to, how? how did... Uh... Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> well, okay. he's, he's not wrong. I messaged him about coming on, but you know he wasn't willing to get up early enough. So, uh... <laughs> uh, Kazooie, how was it? What did you think of it? Really, really fun. I think it's a, a very good addition to Ultimate Team. I think co-op is going to be the mode where especially casuals are going to be in for the majority because it isn't really competitive-based like with mm. Rivals and with Champs. What I'm not fully sure on is how the objectives work for co-op. Even though I did play quite a bit of co-op, I think I missed out on like what the objectives thing around the whole co-op thing is about. Well, but, my um, understanding was that you will be able to complete all objectives via co-op. So if you're playing for objectives in Rivals you will be able to complete those objectives with someone else. Right. It won't be that you have to do certain co-op objectives. Yeah, okay. Like what I'm not fully sure of is that, um, let's say we're playing on my account, so I'm the host, is that when we unlock those objectives, is that they're only going to be on my account or also going to be on, let's say, James's mm. account or your account. That's what I'm not fully sure on. So from my understanding of it, although again, these are the kind of things that may not be the same in the actual game, but that you would be able to unlock the objective for both of right. you through doing that, which does make it a more useful thing, yeah. right? Because then you can play with, you know, your team that might have a five-star skiller exactly. in it that you need to score a goal with for the objective. Yeah. So I think that is my understanding of how it works. We'll have to see how it comes out in the final game. But if that is how it works, I can see quite a few people, you know, going for it and, and giving it a good yeah. go, which is fun. Also, the other thing, of course, you can do, which is if you have a mate who plays foot and you want to basically do a joint road to glory if you like that will be completely possible you'll be able to play all your games together pretty much obviously not weekend league but you'll be able to create a team together and, and build out like that so especially with how easy streaming is you know you can just stream your game so they can see what's going on in the menus and all that kind yeah, of stuff much. so th that is a really kind of good thing to be adding into the game that that level of co-op you can co-op a whole foot account if you want so that's pretty good. Anything to add on that, Japes? Did you get much of a go? I, I think I mentioned it. I play at some like weird times, even for NA. So um, mm. not something that I, I toyed around with too much. I think it's fun. I think for casuals, it's going to be really fun and a great addition. And I think it's going to be something that's mm. super, super appreciated. I'm hopeful that the Twitterverse is excited about it and accepts it and encourages it because I think it'll make the game a lot more fun over the course of the year, adding longevity to it. So that'll be down largely to folks like ourselves that mm. will encourage people to give it a shot. Hopefully you see it in content and on Twitch and you know people will adopt it as just a, a fun way to, to play FIFA with your friends. Mm. And I think that wraps us up for the foot part of this podcast. There is plenty to get into on the gameplay side of things coming up in just a moment. You're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast and the Foot Weekly Podcast is made possible by our supporters. 
by supporting the pod from just $3 a month, you get double the amount of Foot Weekly bonus podcast action, including the extended version of this week's pod, which has loads more FIFA 21 gameplay chat. You can get that along with all bonus podcasts over at the Patreon, bit.ly slash morepod. So that's bit.ly slash morepod. For now, though, let's get back into the second half. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome back after the break. Kazooie, first foot weekly break in a while. Yes. How was that? It was actually uh, very tough for me. <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I needed to, uh, to get back into it basically. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah good to hear. And, and we've got plenty to discuss here around gameplay. We've had lots of questions about Japes and I hypothetically potentially playing FIFA 21. So uh, it's useful that people were willing to send in their hypothetical questions and we can answer them. So let's start with a more general question. We'll try not to get into too much depth here because there are plenty of more specific questions later on. I'll ask hypothetically, how does gameplay in FIFA 21 feel compared to previous iterations? Is it faster, slower? What footballing approach worked more effectively than others? An interesting question to start us off and quite a broad one. So we'll try and keep it a little bit more general here. Jace, what are your overall impressions? With the limited amount of time that we've played and everybody trying to like figure out the game, it's tricky. I will say the game feels different. Some years of FIFA, it's like, holy smokes, this is an entirely different game. I think the transition this year from 20 to 21 is going to be pretty smooth for a lot of people. I think it will feel slower to start because you're not playing with 96 plus team of the season cards all the time and you're going back to some of your basic low rated goal cards. So it's going to feel slower, but then it's going to get back to the same speed that, you know, we're used to playing at this second in time on 20. As it relates to footballing Mm -hmm. approach, heading is really rewarding. And what's rewarding about it is like, if I goof up a header, dude, that's totally on me now. Like it's, it's just on me, right? If I make a, put a good ball in and I'm able to get a free header with my striker, it's entirely on me. If I don't put that in a good targeted spot in an attempt on goal. So that feels Mm. good. I would say crossing feels similar ish. Some of the new crossing mechanics that they've added in probably will get tuned a little bit because some of them feel pretty strong at the moment, but I think that's just trying to figure out how it plays. And I think perhaps some of them feel strong because they just haven't been used. And the way people are defending isn't to defend crosses, right? They're still, you know, in the beta that we play, they're still defending much in the same way that they would in, you know, FIFA 20. And that's, you know, narrow and tight. And currently, like, wing play feels good, both in the 4-3-3 that I like playing, but also in like a 4-4-2. If I will say the biggest improvement, and I'll let Alex jump in after I'm done here because I think he'll be able to talk to it or speak to it better, is like elite level dribblers feel entirely different than 
your even good dribblers. Uh, truly elite dribblers on 21, the skill gap feels like it's there. And I will say the last thing, because there's always one more thing with me. <laughs> The skill gap at playing against top 100 NA pros, you know, and EMLS players pretty consistently, I could tell I was playing against top rated players. So somebody that might be 100 skill points above me, I would really, really struggle with and might lose by a couple goals. And somebody that was 100 skill points below me, I would beat by four or five goals on a pretty consistent basis. And so like the skill gap very much feels like it's there. Perhaps they've adapted better or they're sweating differently while I'm trying to, you know, work out. Can I play a 5-2-2-1 this year? I don't know. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's perhaps not the same type of competitive play. But those players that are your top 100 players, what set them apart for me is their dribbling and ability to take me on in 1v1 situations and send me to the cleaners at times was truly apparent. Mm, yeah. And this is one of the great things about having Kazooie on uh, for this particular podcast, because, you know, after the gameplay patch we had about a week ago on the beta, people may know that I like to dribble and do skills. And as Japes always says, but do you actually beat anyone with your skill moves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that. You know, that that doesn't always happen, it has to be said, but um, I do enjoy dribbling, I do enjoy wing play, and as I was playing it and enjoying that element, because I do think it feels very effective and dribbling certainly feels stronger than last year, I was kind of thinking, oh, I bet Kazooie's loving this. <laughs> and I sent you a message and you were like, yeah, yeah, it, it does feel pretty good from a skilling perspective. So yeah, Kazooie, what are your thoughts on how the game plays this year then? Yeah, for sure. Like for me, it, it feels a lot faster compared to last year, but that's also down to the players we were using towards the end of the beta. So mm. I think that's also one of the reasons. But um, yeah, I've, I've tested out like different versions of the beta. Like I believe the beginning of August, I had a version where I was only allowed to play kickoff. So I think I played around like 30 games back then. And I really noticed when using the high rated players and the low rated players, I noticed like the, the positioning was completely different, the way skill moves felt. I think in 20, especially with the skill moves, everything, when you were doing like three or four skill moves in a row with the likes of Mbappe, you would slowly see the error kick in. And that was the exact same when using a player which was like uh, silver, for example, like Makai Steven. In 21, you actually do see a difference in using Mbappe because the error isn't there as much. And that's something I was a big, big fan of and I was so happy to see in 21. So for me, like I'm one who just loves to dribble, like the wing play and stuff. That's just my kind of play style. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to just the whole year, basically, to see how, it's, how people will kind of uh, tackle it, really. Especially since I feel anyway that the defense this year has been made a lot harder. I'm not quite sure if they're going to be tweaking it a little bit because I think I've seen some people kind of complaining about it. Mm. Uh, that's maybe a little bit too difficult. But um, so far, anyway, just a more polished version compared to uh, to 20. Yeah, and, and we'll talk more. I think there's a question later about skills specifically, so we can talk about those a bit later. But your point on defending is an interesting one. I'm not sure anyone actually asked specifically about that. And it was certainly something that I felt playing was actually defending does feel uh, difficult, yeah. to be honest. I'm not sure whether that's because defending is harder. I think it's because players dribble way better than they did. Yeah, I think they've just improved the dribbling more. Yeah, exactly. And one thing on the dribbling, which I I, I don't want to say this, but I feel like I want to be honest about my experience because people are going to tell me almost as soon as the game comes out, 
that this isn't their experience of the game. It felt really responsive, like way more responsive than any FIFA game has felt for me before. Yes. The ping was the same, you know, same ping. I'm sure I was connecting to similar opponents because loads of people get the beta in London. I mean, that's just a fact that's going to happen. And the server would be the same, but it felt really quite nice. And that wasn't the case on the beta last year. And it wasn't the case before the beta patch either. Is that fair, Japes? Did you feel that? Totally. Look, I, I would also say that the additions, the new like R1 or RB dribbling, the agile dribbling, as well as like the still mm. the L1 or left bumper close control, like are essential. Mm. And you should absolutely make a point to learn how to use those effectively and when to use them. Because the concern for me is that your your ultra agile players are going to be able to just change direction so quickly that defenders aren't even going to have anything close to the agility rating to like keep up. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm talking about like your high dribbling, high agility players that can turn on a dime. And I'm concerned that if we've seen anything from previous years, it's that defenders don't get the same level of agility rating as attackers for whatever reason. And I'm concerned how that's going to play out because using a relatively low agility defender against a high agility attacker when they do like a... L1 or R1 skill move, I you, like you can end up running right past them if you're if you're uh, manually defending, and that's not down to the connection. That's just down to like the responsiveness of changing directions in the attack when you want to. Yeah, the one thing look, I saw a few people complaining about uh, part the bus in the beta or people playing drop back, but I myself felt like more than ever because of the responsiveness it wasn't as much of a factor because when you get the ball in the box with your attacker it really feels like the attacker holds all the cards and the defenders having to anticipate the movement and the movement that you can do is so much more precise than it was actually although yes you know part of the bus is going to be somewhat effective because it just always is that's the nature of part of the bus is it's like getting numbers back obviously it's going to be good but it did feel a bit more like unlike last year you maybe had that ability to do a sharp turn to actually move how you wanted to move inside the box uh, is that fair because did you feel that as well or did it, was i just lucky with my connection <laughs> in terms of parked bus i i don't think i've actually played against someone during the beta that um that mm. use that kind of way of playing it's one of those things like we've, we've not played enough games in some ways to kind of know you know exactly how things are going to turn out but it japes do you think it's fair to say that because the game speed felt relatively fast or faster than last year people maybe didn't have the opportunity to drop back in the same way that they did last year yeah, it's 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 a chicken or the egg for me a little bit here because I want I want to make there, the point I really want to make here is when I did play against players dropping back, I also felt like I was able to trap them in easier than I have in previous years. Right. Which I think is good, right? You would say like a team that in in real football, a team that's playing drop back, park the bus, will get a limited amount of chances during the game where they're able to successfully execute a counter. And mm. I would say like more so than in previous years, I felt like people that were playing drop back, if I was using press on possession loss or would use the new press D-pad tactic, I was able to trap them in better than I've ever been able to do so. 
Sounds pretty fun. Yeah, which I think is a, a good balancing act. Now, I also think that when people that are playing drop back try to use the D-pad tactic to press, their defense gets like a little out of sorts because they're like some of their defenders are like, sure, we're going to drop way back. And then like the five closest attackers are like, you just told us to press. And there are gaps that you can exploit. Mm. And the positioning personality, like your attackers end up getting into those areas to exploit the gaps. And so I also would say the other thing is when people play drop back, park the bus, my fullbacks were smart about getting forward. And if one fullback went forward, the other one very much didn't. Yeah. Even if you switch play from like the right fullback and you work it around the back and the left fullback starts overlapping, the right fullback moves backwards. So I didn't feel like I was even getting countered the same way that I have in previous years because defensively, when I had high rated defenders in there, they were aware of the situation and where they should be and also the overlapping fullback allowed me to like pretty easily get crosses in if a player was parking the bus and staying very narrow and crossing like you can pick out your attacker if you cross at the right time so I didn't really notice park the bus as much I'm working through this thinking about players that I definitely played it but I feel like I probably didn't notice it much and played it more than I thought I did but because of some of the new AI aspects, it just didn't feel as all-consuming and dominant, like I was just constantly going up against a wall. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point. I think, interesting point you were saying about counter-attacking, because when I got the beta for the first time, it was pre this patch that we had, but it was also maybe a week after it had started, so I had much worse players than most people who one player I did fortunately pack was Joe Gomez, who is obviously extremely fast. And I've got an anchor chemistry style and then I've got a shadow chemistry style. I applied them both to him over time just because I thought he would stay on my team longer. What was really noticeable when I was playing against players, obviously I wasn't super familiar with the game in the way that they were, but I was trying to do press on possession loss. And I felt like actually if the player had very good attackers who were fast, I was really, really struggling to contain them with most of my defenders. Joe Gomez, especially once he had a shadow on him, was really good. He managed to keep up with them. He managed to generally have a good position. And then as soon as we were given these ridiculously high-rated players, it then wasn't so much of a problem at all. So I think, and I always say this every year, to be honest, pace on your defenders is going to be massive for stopping counterattacks. If you're going to be playing high line, you're going to need good pace. But actually this year, it does feel a bit like which I think is what they've been trying to do, defensive positioning is going to be important as well, um, or defensive awareness. Yeah, I used Nicolas Zula very effectively, even with the high line. Mm. And he is, sprint speed is solid, acceleration is not, but mm. I, he still felt like really quite strong to me. And I think I, I don't know if I'd say I preferred him, but like he and Lucas Hernandez were like nice little compliments to each other. And Sula feeling big also was mm. felt really, really beneficial and really nice. Like size, size is going to play a factor this year. Size matters. Size matters, right? <laughs> you didn't hear it first here, but we're just echoing it again. <laughs> it's funny actually, because we got um, a question in from Camerad and he said, and of course, the big question for Ben, how's the heavy body type working out this year? And as you were saying, I think, again, stocky body type or heavy body types are actually going to be a big factor in defense. 
And I also think we had this discussion about whether big players could feel agile. And I used Ibrahimovic before we got given these ridiculously good players. And he actually felt like fairly solid on the ball. I think because of the way that they've changed things in terms of the agile dribbling system. He obviously was good in the air, which was very handy and works well this year. But he did feel relatively agile considering his balance is very low and his agility is not particularly high. So I was quite happy with that in some ways. And I think, although I was very skeptical about the agile dribbling element, I actually think that it's done quite a few very good things in terms of improving the responsiveness of the game in a way that actually I wouldn't have expected to have been as important as it is because I wasn't there last year thinking actually players don't feel very good on the ball or don't feel very agile. But if I go back and play FIFA 20 now, it's going to feel like the players are not very good on the ball compared to FIFA 21. And that boost to that element, to the agile dribbling to how players feel on the ball, just gives that much more responsiveness to the gameplay, which I think was lacking in FIFA 20 and I didn't really realize maybe that's slightly exaggerated but I do think that it is a good thing and it's really made me look forward to getting hands-on with FIFA 21 again it it was really good I wanted to move on to something which is another big feature for EA this year Uh, and this question here from Damon I think puts it well he says could you see or feel if the attacking AI has been improved compared to last year's title Japes Yes. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I, like the attacking AI is much better, like way better. Yeah, way, way, way better, Uh, which also probably, you know, to our point earlier with like park the bus, like I probably felt like I didn't notice it much because my players felt like smarter about attacking. But for me, the like clearest indicator that it was improved was playing the 4-3-3 that I like, my wingers would recognize when they should move inside or whether they should stay outside, whether they should make a run behind the fullbacks or they needed to come and support in the middle. And like, I didn't have to tell them to do anything. It just, it Mm. like, generally speaking, also you've got midfielders that recognize when your opponents pulled a center back out of position and will try to exploit that pace in behind. Like the attacking AI feels so much better right now. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Additionally, we haven't mentioned it on here, but the, you know, you ha- there's the new mechanic where you can take control of how the player is making a run. Yeah. And there are like a couple ways to do that. But I found like the best way to do that for me was I would tap left bumper like I used to to trigger a run, which you don't have to do as much because the AI is just much better. But still, there are times where you're like, dude, make a run, right? But that's just because you're seeing something differently like, and you want to make a riskier move or a safer move or whatever it might be. But if you tap the left bumper and you know which player is going to make the run and you flick the right stick, like you can absolutely control the run. So like if you're driving forward with Kevin De Bruyne as a right center mid and sort of angling out wide and you've got your right winger there, you can tap the left bumper L1, flick the right stick to the inside to make them make a cutting run inside and you could potentially leave room for your fullback to overlap them and you've constructed that build up. Hmm. Because you've told the attacking player where to make the run and the fullback will recognize that the attackers vacated that space and now there's space for them to attack. So I really am optimistic about the attacking AI. I will say the first thing that you're going to notice and it's blindingly obvious is when you have good attackers and they the, how, how they decide to stay onside. Mm. 
Yeah, that's something I noticed too. Yeah, it's like blindingly obvious. And it's like the difference between, you know, when if you've got like a Messi in there versus a, I was playing with Thorgan Hazard for a little while with my Bundesliga team before uh, we got access to some better players. And like, he would just run offside sometime. And you're like, dude, where are you going? Not often because he was actually like quite decent. But if Messi's offside, it's on me for not timing things appropriately. Hmm. But like if he's just AI controlled, he might make a run for you and you have the chance to time it and he'll take like a step offside and then check back and be onside. So the the AI is much improved. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I don't know whether, because you could even add anything there because I think Japes has covered it quite well. No, nothing really. <laughs> so Japes, I was going to hand over to Kazumi, but I think you've covered this so well. I'll just ask you the next one as well. You'll probably knock that on the head and we can move on. You've got this player lock feature. For those who don't know, I'm sure you'll know if you've listened to our um, gameplay pod about the pitch notes. You can lock to a player, and when you lock to the player, uh, the ball uh, is it feels incredibly weird. I have to say, it does. You lock to that player, you pass it off, and then you're controlling the player without the ball, and the AI is controlling the player with the ball, and you can then call for a pass. A bit like if you played pro clubs with the AI being controlled by the computer rather than a player. It's, it's quite similar to that. Yeah, James, where did you find yourself using this? I personally used it a bit and I'm going to keep trying, keep practicing. But man, it took me a long time to get used to the mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I used it a lot and I gave up a lot of counterattacks because of it. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it does, it feels like really, really uncomfortable and I forced it a lot, which... You know, those of that might be longtime listeners of the pod or, you know, maybe used to watch my channel. My mentality when like learning a new skill was overuse it in all situations so you can figure out when it's appropriate. So I was trying to do that here as well. And you don't want to use it in a congested area of the pitch because once the AI takes over with the player that has the ball, if you don't get your attacking player into a good position to call for a pass, they're going to lose the ball. So where I found it to be most effective is when you lock one of your, whether it's your striker, left wing, right wing, or attacking player, and you make a pass backwards to one of your players in space and then make a run off of that. And like your manual run controlled off of that, because you can watch your attacker as you're trying to break their line. And you know exactly when you're about to be you know, offside or right, you know, the perfect time to time the pass. And you know that making the pass backwards to the player, that's now going to be the AI controlled player because you're in control of the player making the run. You know that they're at least going to have a few moments to be able to make that pass forward correctly. You know, I kept trying to do it where I'd play it with my left center mid or right center mid. And I try to play it to like my center forward or striker and try to make a run in behind. But it's really tricky in those situations because the center backs are going to be pressing your striker or center forward like right away. And the AI doesn't always react well to that. Mm, Yeah, I agree. It is one of those things that I would encourage people to use it as much as possible at the start. You know, it's going to cause you a few problems in terms of losing possession. But I think there are definitely going to be really useful uses of it and it's something that i guess we're going to be chatting about on the pod definitely over the next couple of weeks and months yeah i would say too like you can also hit a l1 or lba or Mm. uh, what is it l1x on playstation and flick the right stick to control the run i'd say that mechanic is in some ways a little safer yeah it feels easier to execute as well right yeah it it does And, and so like in that situation if you're playing with your left wing and you do a L1 X pass to your 
striker and flick the right stick right away to make a cutting run inside, then you're still in control of the striker. And if you need to sidestep a tackle from a center back, you can. You know, it still feels like a more manually controlled run because you've set them off on the direction to begin with. So what's tricky is if you take control of the left wing and make that pass into the striker, the player that's AI controlled really needs to be in a decent amount of space to make a good pass to you is the way I would say it. Yeah. And then amongst all this, like just to remind everyone, attacking runs from AI players, as we said just earlier, are just much improved. So with all of this stuff, it's not necessary to use, basically. It's, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It just doesn't feel nearly as necessary as it perhaps would have done if this mechanic had been in the game last year. I think that's fair, right, Kazoo? Yeah. Yeah. From your perspective, Kazoo, is there anything to add here? Because I think I think Japes has done a good job there, but if there's anything you want to... Yeah, I, I didn't um, get to play with the player lock that much simply because I'm more of a player who prefers to go on solo runs when yeah, controlling yeah, a specific player rather than just keep passing it off. But um, I did use the creative runs quite a bit, which I think is more of a safer option because if that player you you control to make like a specific run kind of screws mm. up his run, then you are not forced to play the ball towards him, then you still have yep. different options. But if you go with the player lock, you are kind of forced to receive mm. the ball back again because otherwise the AI will just dribble straight ahead and you will lose the ball most likely. So yeah, I, I guess it's just something that people need to kind of play around with and see in which situations it's going to be the most effective. Just try to like kind of overuse it at the beginning, I think, and then just see yeah, what kind of suits your play style. I imagine for you, like, could be quite useful for clearing space for a run. You know, you can send a player. Yeah, definitely. To create fake runs or anything. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kazooie, one thing I wanted to hear about from you is a couple of new school move type things that they've added into the game. Do you want to explain a bit about them? So basically what they've done is they've added two, I, they aren't really skill moves, but they're more knock-ons, mm. two new knock-ons into the game. One which has been in the game for a while, but the controls of it were extremely difficult to pull off. Like it had to go with timing and stuff and how your player was positioned and the, the your opponent's player was positioned. But um, yeah, the bridge, for example, that's the one I was talking about is like... Mm completely revamped you can pull that one off by just pressing the right bumper twice or r1 and then he will knock the ball forward kind of like around the player and he actually makes a run around the player too which is uh is going to be i think a game changer this year it's definitely going to be one that you will see a lot i think when uh when used right and yeah coming back to the collision system this is also something that um just fits with the with the bridge because the bridge is like a skill move or a knock-on where the player tries to avoid an incoming tackle or just anything similar. So those two things are going to be, I think, something that you will definitely see a lot when attacking, basically. Then you also have the directional nutmegs, which is a little bit similar uh, to the bridge, but you can mm. do that basically in uh, in any direction. So back, left, right, forward, which uh, you can't do with the bridge. Mm. It's, I think, also going to be a very, very cool thing to uh, to see. Yeah, they're both pretty good. I think the bridge is like maybe slightly too effective at the moment. I felt like I was able to get past players sometimes in a way which I shouldn't have been able to. So Yeah, that's maybe down to the opposition. Like I think yeah. that his or at least that he wasn't expecting you 
to do that skill move and therefore he maybe pulled off a tackle or something so yeah i felt like it was when you know when people expect the auto tackle almost yeah you know people mm-hmm. are so used to your player just kind of getting the ball without you really pressing the tackle button it felt like if someone wasn't actually pressing tackle as i knocked the ball past the player wouldn't anticipate it which if that is the case is good <laughs> i like that but if it is the case that they were pressing the tackle button and i was still able to knock it past them that obviously would need looking at and it's something i've fed back about already so uh hopefully that's something that they're looking at i think the other thing there ben too is when it, someone used that skill against me it often just caught me off guard yeah. because i'm like oh yeah that skills yeah. in the game right so like uh, the way i'm defending is that they're going to change directions in like a very predictable way rather than just go straight at me with the skill move yeah. right so you're you're getting ready to like shuffle to one side or another to get in the way and make a tackle rather than and they're like oh we'll just like go right right at you and you kind of like move to the side and they go around you and you're like oh yeah no no definitely and i think that's where we're going to leave the discussion on the main feed if you would like an extended version of this we're going to go on to talk about time finishing and finishing generally player switching whether the cruise types of players are going to be usable uh, skill moves uh, the new collision system the bridge skill move which is an interesting one and plenty more you can get that by supporting the pod for just three dollars a month along with all foot weekly bonus content over on the patreon you can get to that by going to bit.ly slash more pod so that's bit.ly slash more pod we will say our goodbyes though now, even though there's more discussion going on. So Japes, uh, where can people catch that content that's coming? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not actually sure if my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash airjapes <laughs> youtube.com slash airjapes. So I think that would be, I think it's airjapes FIFA. So I'm sure I'll tweet about it. If you follow me on Twitter at airjapes, it'll be there. But also stay tuned. I will be doing a huge live stream at some point where I will just showcase tons and tons of gameplay and i will answer any questions that are there in the chat so if you don't already i'd encourage you to go follow my twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash and you will get notified uh when that will happen i would imagine that would be sometime this weekend perfect thanks very much japes and kazooie a huge thanks for coming on i didn't say this at the start but i would say that probably between japes and kazooie you have maybe 90% of my YouTube watch time uh, on FIFA <laughs> content over the, you know, the last 15 years or however long I've been watching it. Um, so well, it wouldn't be that long, would it? But uh, 10, 10 years. 10 years, 10 years. Uh, yeah, 10 years. <laughs> so Kazoo, thank you very much for, for coming on and making that possible. It's uh, always great to have you on the pod. Yeah, thank you for, uh, for having me too. And of course, people will want to be subscribed to your channel to get those uh, skilling tutorials and uh, the content you'll be putting out. And I know you were saying... Uh, during the break don't want to reveal too much about what goes on but that you would probably be putting out more content this year just partly because of the nature of the game you or what you expect the game to be like yep exactly youtube.com slash kazooie94 and for people that are just interested in just gameplay stuff cool goals or something you can uh, find me on instagram as well which is also at kazooie94 fantastic thanks to both of you really appreciate it when you have so much editing to do Thanks to EA for the opportunity, of course, and thanks to all you supporters for making these podcasts possible. And if you're a new listener, then thanks for listening and perhaps think about subscribing if you enjoyed it. And do drop a review as well. It's always appreciated. And of course, send in your thoughts and questions to Pod. Finally, then a huge thanks to those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Hugh J, Thomas, 
Alan G, Hunter B, Alistair, Martin M, Chris W, Coach Fass, Matt L, Harry P, Sam B, Dean M, David S, Robbie S, Tom B, Jordan, Paul S, Yannick H, Rich T, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Damon H, Jonathan P, Lee A, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Adam W, Stephen M, David, Anthony R, also ran, Jeff B, Roger D, Dan W, Eric T, Jason B, Matt H, Savage P, and Sam MG. A huge thanks, as always, for supporting the pod, and I'll look forward to catching you on the next one. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.